Welcome to episode 36 of That's What I'm Saying, the podcast about hip-hop, entertainment, dating, sex, relationships, and social issues from a sometimes ratchet but mostly woke perspective. So subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast. We're on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, CastPod, TuneIn, and of course, family, we are now on Spotify. So I'm Sean. I'm Nye. What's up, y'all? All right, Nye. So what are we calling this episode? Man, man, I just want to tell you, I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, and I want to shout out to our listeners in Canada. What's up, y'all? We see you. Woo, woo. I am. All right, so we got to get right into this <laughs> ratchet minute, bro. <laughs> bro, bro. So, in, the, in the latest episode of Struggle Love. Oh. <laughs> Par 52. Um, so as everybody knows, Cardi and a uh, Cardi dumped offset. Um, Cardi off offset. So she dumped him allegedly because there was some sound like he was trying to um get a gangbang going on or something like a threesome with this chick, this IG chick, Asian doll. I don't know who she is, but I guess that was the whole thing going on. And maybe Cardi caught wind of it, so she broke up with him. Um allegedly what's his name offset he offered cardi 10 million dollars if he cheated again this is this is good as i'm saying it it's just getting crazy but anyway so he's been begging on ig baby baby please doing his baby baby pleasing um and then last week he bum rushed one of her shows he came right up on stage in la um and started with this uh i just want to tell you i'm so sorry bro <laughs> sorry bro. yo this, he called her bro um so (laughs) (laughs) you could have called a baby mama something like bruh anyway so people are saying there's there's some people that are saying that this whole thing was like a publicity stunt you know the whole breakup thing was staged the whole you know how he was able to walk up on stage in front of you know all these people in the middle of a concert without security like hoeing them is you know just because this was this whole thing was staged so that it was, you know, people are saying it wasn't spontaneous. Um, the whole thing was staged. I don't know what you believe. Then there are other people who believe that this is harassment, you know, for Offset to kind of get up there in the middle of her her uh, concert was abusive. So what do you think? Well, I have two things to say. So I, I kind of have like some insider tea on this whole. Um... Ooh, spill it, girl. So apparently he has a solo effort coming out. And he was having a party. It was his birthday. He was having a party, and it was sponsored by, um, you know, some some brands. But also, the whole premise of this party was him and her to be together. So him coming on social media, him bum rushing her stage, it was all really trying to get her to come to his party. And um, and so those flowers that he that were brought on stage, mm-hmm. he's sponsored by whoever makes these flowers. He's sponsored by them. So. Um, I think I don't think that she was aware that he was going to do it, but her team knew it. Um, and that's what, yeah, I did read that. That yeah, um, that's where the problem was. But on another note, that whole thing annoyed me. I think it was an invasion of her privacy. I think it was it was a form of bullying, you know, because he's trying to get. I'm pretty sure on um, outside of the cameras and social media, he's trying to get back to you know get back with her. But right. Uh, I just feel as if, you know, he's using this platform to kind of bully her into into taking him back, you know. And it's and I it's, agree. It's, I agree. And whether she takes him back or not, 
It's really not the question. She has to make that decision. I'm not saying she should or she shouldn't, but he needs to allow her time to process what's going on and make a decision and not be pressured into it. You know, he got all mm-hmm. these uh, <laughs> these co- these rappers co-signing like T.I. and Oh, Jill. Lord. I'm and like, uh, <laughs> all of their asses, all of y'all, all of them. What's the um, game? Like, everybody weighing in. Right. Terrible. You need to get a better click because... <laughs> <laughs> Yo, your click got fucked with. Um, I, I, I do tend to agree with what you just said, but there is a side to me that feels, it just hit me out because I know <laughs> we may differ. There's a side to me that feels, you know, people kind of just throw, throw marriages away, you know, like, and I don't know what specifically went on. I mean, from what we understand, it was, you know, some cheating going on and that's usually the case, you know, what happens, but just the idea that marriage is like so microwavable, you know, it's, it's just, you know, you throw the whole package away, throw the whole, you know, wrap away and then it's, and then it's done literally throw the wrap away. I, I just, I, I, you know, I feel like that is, is, is not how it should be, but unfortunately that's just how it is. So, you know, people don't people don't put in the effort to like work on anything anymore, work on relationships. And I'm not saying she should stay and you know whether what he did to me was borderline it was her, it was harassment um and it was obviously to bring some um to bring all this attention to himself. That's what it looked like. Yeah. But I I just feel like sometimes we just kind of, you know, it, I whatever happened and she just you know ready to leave like they have a child together they have a life together you know this decision for her and that's why I said you know whether she decides to stay it's it's really a personal decision it's hard mm-hmm. it's a new marriage she's a new baby so it's you know it's difficult it's it's a difficult decision but she just needs time and space to process to decide what she wants to do she just needs time and space and and you know he can't control this narrative you can't cheat and then try to control the outcome you just can't right. You you mean what niggas been doing all this time? They can't do. <laughs> no, they cannot do it. <laughs> can't do what it. They've been doing from the beginning. They can't do. <laughs> they've been they've been done doing it. Wait, but on another note, so I I read somewhere that Cardi was at one of her concerts and she said, quote unquote, that she's losing her her gag reflex because she hasn't sucked dick in such a long time. She was on her, she was on, uh, I think she was on Instagram live and she was was sipping some coffee. She was just talking about how much she she missed the D and she was sucking on it. She missed it. She was going on and on and on. And I I understand. (laughs) I too understand. I understand. <laughs> I understand. You staying in relationships <laughs> way too much longer than your ass should have, right? <laughs> it shouldn't have you wearing out your own welcome. <laughs> Girl, I, I know. We've all been there. I know. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Well, you know what? I wish them the best. Little culture, the whole family, whatever. And like you said, whatever route she decides to go, whatever route she decides to take, I hope it's, um, you know, on her own, her own volition, her own free will. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mente. All right. What do we got? Moving on. <laughs> Here you go. With this. <laughs> Moving on. Even more ratchet shit. <laughs> 
We couldn't get any more ratchet. So apparently, uh, KFC really expanding their marketing efforts, and um, so then now they have uh, fried chicken scented fire log for the holidays. <laughs> What? So instead of like common sense, like pine or cinnamon spice or pumpkin or whatever the holiday, they want people's homes to smell like fried chicken. What? I remember, I don't, I don't fry chicken in the house because I know how it makes my house smell. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, y'all want it to smell like burnt grease? Burnt grease, right? <laughs> what is it supposed to smell like? <laughs> Wait, this is a real thing. It's a real thing. So they're selling the 11 herbs and spices fire log for the holidays. And it's $19. It's $18.99. It's $20 a cap. But you know, some, some nigga's house is going to smell like fried chicken from this log right here. <laughs> for the holidays. It's made with 100% happens. I wonder how much is it? <laughs> it's it's $19. <laughs> so they said it's more effective at making your home smell like fried chicken than actually... Um, Fried chicken. It's actually fried chicken, which is scary <laughs> in and of itself. <laughs> what kind of shit is this? Now, do you feel like this is, is it stereotypical? Is it racist? Is it? Um. Well, I don't know what their marketing looks like for this. Girl, you can they- guess what their marketing looks like. <laughs> you, you know what their marketing looks like. <laughs> We're talking about KFC. The Colonel, come on now. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what their marketing looks like. Really? So I don't, don't know really. who actually is going to buy this. I just don't know who, who who's their, their audience. Who's going to actually, who's their customer? I don't well, know. You know, they probably, they probably market tested this and everything. They know who buying us. <laughs> <laughs> they do have something new on their menu. I haven't been to KFC in so long because I know they got Wait, I know what you, go ahead. Because you talked about it before. <laughs> So I don't, I don't, I don't frequent KFC because I know they this stuff is is filled with GMOs and it's salty and whatever, whatever. But what well, the main reason I don't eat there is because their chicken is wet. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can talk all that intelligent shit about health and stuff, but I just don't like their chicken is wet. Anyway, <laughs> it's moist. I don't like that. <laughs> but anyway, so they have chicken and waffles on their menu now, and I I keep hearing good things about it, girl. I just want where, to where were we at? We were that was last weekend when you were down here. You told me about it. I was like, yes, and I was like damn. <laughs> so, that show. This is I, this was you. That show sounds good. <laughs> I did a double take. Like what? That show sounds good. <laughs> you sound like a slave. Why do you do that? <laughs> Ooh, it does sound good, though. I can't even front. And I'm- <laughs> I'm gonna come back and, and tell you uh what I think about it. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Okay, so moving on. So did you hear about the Target store getting in trouble for selling a black Christmas card? Yeah, I did. I did. I saw it on social media. So there's this Christmas card. It is obviously aimed at black people, in particular black women. And some people are saying it's it's too stereotypical. I on the other hand, I liked it. So I just want to read to you what the card says because <laughs> we'll talk to sound like me. It says, here's what it says. It says, girl, check you out, celebrating another year or doing it all and having a ball. And you got the nerve to look beautiful. <laughs> what you doing? But I ain't mad at you. You keep it real. 
Now, I will say, I have said all of that, not Thank all you. at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what people were complaining about. It was like, oh, that's overkill. That's black girl overkill. <laughs> but I hear that the people that make the card are actually black. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, I actually like it. I appreciate these these target cards. You know, like I don't I want I want to see a brown face. I want to see a little something. So I mean I, I liked it. Mm -hmm. I said, and you got the nerve to look beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. Do you remember when Target did the baby daddy card right before um Father's Day? <laughs> I didn't the most. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, this is where I'm like, okay, people really, you, you be too sensitive. Because on the one hand, you know, we want to be acknowledged and we want to, you know, on, on the other hand, it's like, there's plenty of baby daddies that are doing their thing and they should get a card. And thank you, Target. Right. I don't, you know, a lot of stuff, I think that we, we, some black people, and I feel as if I'm kind of past this page. I did go through this um, a while back, but I think we, we judge ourselves through the white gaze and what white people may think of us. Mm -hmm. Well, we should just be free. We say baby daddy. Thank <laughs> you. And everybody know what it means too. Right. You know, <laughs> we, we shouldn't be so sensitive and so insecure about our culture. Because you know, it is our culture, right? And that, and that's where, that's where I am. You know, mm -hmm. yes, we we say some things. We got baby daddies we and sure baby mamas, and some of us live at the crib and do all mm -hmm. kinds of things. And I'm, I'm just saying, there's a way to embrace it in a way where it's, I'm not, you know, not to be. It's not embarrassing. Yeah. So moving on, um, are we, are we at the the kitten heel section of the show? We are. Mm hmm. All right. Well, let me put down my coffee and push up my glasses and kick off these kitten heels. All right. So getting into the woke minute. Um, have you heard about this as a Guatemalan child who died in U.S. Border Patrol custody last week? Yeah. Her name was Jacqueline Kayal Makin. And uh, she died less than 48 hours after Border Patrol uh, detained her and her father, as well as some other migrants, because they were passing through what they said was like a very remote area of New Mexico at the border crossing. So she was seven years old. And get this, she had traveled with her father more than 2,000 miles from her indigenous community in northern Guatemala. And she actually celebrated her birthday on the road. So she turned seven, um, you know, traveling. and. Just like you know, all of these migrants who were crossing these these uh, crossing these you know treacherous roads, they just wanted to get to the United States safely. So, I guess what happened is her father and um, there was a bunch of children, and they were they looked like they had turned themselves into Border Patrol, you know, at that point. And they said it was about a group of 163 people, um, and they were approached by the U.S. U.S. agents, and they actually turned themselves in. So she actually died in a Texas jail, although I think there was conflicting stories because then I heard that she was taken or airlifted to a hospital in Texas where she had passed away. So, of course, this once again calls into question the inhumane conditions that exist at the border between Border Patrol and Customs Stations. So what I'm learning is that there is usually 
what they say is like a two plus month wait at these borders before they can actually submit their claim for asylum. So um, I was, uh, you know, I'm understanding that these little border towns or where they're holding people, it's not, it's not equipped that it's not built to hold what used to be, you know, single men coming into, you know, coming to the States. Now we're talking about women and children, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of them who are like, a, a, once again, making this, this trek through. So our borders are number one, they're not equipped um, for the type of migrants that are coming in. The system in which, you know, they can come in, they could submit their claim for asylum, but then they're waiting for two plus months in these, they're, I mean, they're basically jails. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if you remember, we talked about last week on the, on the last episode where there was an incident of tear gas being thrown at migrants who were peacefully protesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but our government, our government here, um, you know, use war tactics on people who were seeking asylum. So um, and especially with number 45 and his what's been called the zero tolerance immigration policy which as we've seen has resulted in a lot of, in the children being separated from their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this, it just, it creates a shitstorm, which has already been, it's, which has already been brewing. So, you know, I don't know how you feel about this. Um, I'm curious to know your thoughts because I've had some real serious debates about this wall and about the, about immigration issues, you know, and I think we as, it's very interesting to me because we, as Black people, we are very separated on this issue, you mm-hmm. know. And they, and I see, I see both sides to it. Um, but I'm curious to know what you think, Nye. Well, first of all, I, I think the word "die" is not the correct word. She was murdered. Yeah. Okay. This was a, I, I think this, this was a murder. She didn't die. She was murdered because of the the whatever conditions that that are there. It killed her. Um, mm-hmm. so this, this was a murder. Um, and I think, you know, and, and again, I've had conversations about um, immigrants coming from, um, you know, coming from across the border from uh, South America. And some, you know, I've talked to black people about it. And, you know, some take the position that they don't like it because they take away our jobs. They take away our resources from black people. Um, like a lot of the, the um, like the domestic work that we used to do um, back in the day, um, mm-hmm. restaurant work, uh, you know, we no longer do it. You go to any restaurant and there's, you know, there are people from South America that have taken over these jobs. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I take the stance that we, I, as, as people of color, we need to stick together because we are all suffering under colonization and under this supremacy. Right. Um, so I, I think, you know, I think there needs to be a unity between us because we're fighting the same, we're fighting the same battle. You know, we, we are Americans, but we are barely Americans. You know what I'm saying? So right. like, if there was a way that they, and, and it, and it, it may even come down to this because I, um, now there is something on the census that you have, to, you can mark exactly where your origin is. Mm-hmm. So if if there was a way that they could throw our asses back to Africa, all of us they most definitely would. They would you have know? a way of doing it, right? Mm-hmm. You know. Um. So I I just think that people of color we we've all fallen um victim to this um sep- separatization that happens and pitting exactly each other when you know we need to be banded together to to um and to be a support system for each other because we're fighting the same enemy. Exactly. Yeah. I. I- 
I totally agree with you. Like I said, I've had some real colored debates <laughs> on both side of, sides of this issue. Um, but just look at, you know, Trump or number 45 has basically militarized the borders, you know, mm-hmm. and I let I when I I think of the borders, I think of the tear gas, I think of tear gas and I you see these children. And a lot of times when you see these when you see these, uh, uh, you know, the visuals of these migrants, what struck me is like a lot of them are wearing flip flops. Can you imagine mm-hmm. doing uh, and we're not talking about going from, you know, one state. To hitchhiking, like they're they're hitchhiking and they're walking thousands of miles through deserts, you know, fleeing, you know, violence, poverty, political persecution, all these things, um, going across the desert, obviously for a better life. So, you know, my position is, who are we to deny that to anyone who has the gumption and you know the wherewithal to do that? Who drag, you know, because then we want to turn around and say, well, why, you know, why are they bringing their kids to it? But I mean. Can you imagine a life that's that it you know that is so terrible where they're coming from so that they're willing to risk it all and everything, life and limb, mm-hmm. to, to make that journey with a seven-year-old and you know that that came two thousand miles just just to get here, just to put their foot on this land, you know that that you know was stolen anyway, just to get here for a, a glimpse of a better life. You know, and they're not coming over here um, and taking over political offices and, you know, running Fortune 500 companies. You know, these are the people that work in the Denny's, you know, and plant the plant and 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 not to, you know, downgrade them at all because it because we, we need them, you know, and, you know, talking about, oh, they take they're taking jobs away from from who? You know, I don't. Do you know any apple pickers? Any um orange pickers? Any brothers out here? I mean, no disrespect to the brothers and sisters who actually do that, but I don't know any. You know, mm-hmm. so if they want to come over here and and they want to work, you know, and and work hard and you know have that sense of dignity of supporting their families, let them do it. I, I hate this idea of you know when I hear border patrol because. It very easily, and it has become very arbitrary, mm-hmm. and in the hands of the wrong person, in the hands of the wrong people. You know, um, it's scary. I also look at this. I, I said, you know, this to me is like the condoms in school argument. Do you remember, like back in the day, there was the whole debate about making condoms available for high school students? It, it was that ba- that saying that by doing that, you're promoting. Se- is promoting sex. When the flip side of that com- that argument was, they're going to do it anyway. Oh, so right. why not <laughs> make it safe mm-hmm. for them to do the kid? You know, by hook or by crook, these kids would be out here. To, look, we was we was we was part of that. Yeah. But you but you know that. So why not make it safe? And I feel like it's it's kind of like the same concept here. Mm-hmm. They're going to do it anyway. If you put up a wall, they're going to dig a hole in the ground. You know what I mean? You put up a wall, they're going to catapult over it. They're going to go through the, they're going to go, you know, all the way around into the desert, snaking over tunnels. mountains they just to get tunnels. here. They run tunnels. You understand? You, you see, have you seen, <laughs> right? And you, have you seen some of these tunnels with sure. the little, with the, with the motorcycle on the track underneath the ground? Like, <laughs> it's, but that's how real it is. So yeah. why not make it as safe as possible? Because at, at the end of the day, we are all human beings and we do need to have that sense of compassion, which is lost amongst a lot of individuals when it comes to this debate. You know, and I'm like, where's the compassion? You know, yeah. these are not that 
you 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 treat your animals and your pets better than you do these people mm-hmm. out out here doing it. So, you know, I just that's that's how I look at it. If they're going to do it, which we know that they will, make it safe. You know, um, the militarization of the borders has has got to go. Um, making this a a much more seamless process. If they're talking about asylum, it should not take all you know all this time in jails. We're we're criminalizing them. Yeah. for wanting better lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sick of it. I'm I'm so sick of it. So, um, rest in peace to this to this angel. Um, and I I pray that her life was not lost in vain. You know that that people will wake up to what is really going on, mm-hmm. um, at our borders. You know, and these this is this is our people. Like this is our military. This is this is this is us. And I don't want to be. I'm ashamed of how we treat people. Mm-hmm. I've been ashamed. So you know what? there was a, a a meme that I almost posted on our on our Insta, but I didn't because I'm like, I don't even know if this really pertains to us. So it was a it was a meme about um Trump and it's it was something to the effect of um um he was in jail. It was a cartoon, he was in jail, and and they said this is the you know, the jail walls, this is the border protection that the border walls that we need to make America safe again. And I almost posted it, but Mm. America safe before Trump. Girl, I think. Well, I think as much as we talk, and and I mean, we, I think we say that sentiment anyway. Yeah, was it? Was it as? I mean, it wasn't. It was better, and I feel, and I've, I've had this debate with people too. Like, well, how has it affected you? And you know, since he's taken office, like, even if you don't talk about the actual, you know, if you don't talk about the economy, if you don't talk about jobs, if you don't talk about, um, you know, just capitalism and all these other things, talk about the sentiment, talk about the ideologies that have been, that have been allowed to run rampant since this man has taken office. You know, it's about energy to me. Yeah. And energy is, is stagnant. Um, but I, I think that the energy was there before. I think he just brought it to the forefront. But this has been the yeah. been ingrained. This has been the fabric of the country since its inception. So it's not like all this stuff is new. Agreed. Know? But now it doesn't have to be as masked as it used to be. It doesn't have to be so underground. Like now you can be proud to be racist. It's not the worst thing in the world. You can be, you know, uh, parking lot patty and it's 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 it'll turn into a meme it's a joke but it's real it's out it's out in your face it is it is it definitely is dangerous and it's real it's out there but you know i just i just had second thoughts about posting it because i you know why because um you know as black people were we really safe before he Mm. was in office we weren't you know yeah you know it was you know yeah, really. That's what, yeah. Are we really safe? So yeah. that's why that's why I didn't post it. So, um. So anyway. So yeah, like you said, you know, rest in peace to this. Um, to this. Uh, to this. She was a baby. She's seven yeah, years old. I it's hurts baby. my heart. So yeah. you know, that that wasn't the outcome that I'm sure they were they were expecting at all. You know. Imagine how her parents feel. Oh, I know they're devastated. Absolutely okay. devastated. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, moving on. Where are we? This is, this is a little, on a little lighter note. Um, so a few months ago, uh, we talked about Shea Moisture founders, uh, Richie Ludennis. Yeah. 
founder of Sundown Brands who makes uh, Shea Moisture and Nubin Heritage. And he sold the brand and everybody was all up in arms because it was a black owned company that sold it to, um, you know, to a white, you know, uh, corporation. Mm -hmm. But he used that money to buy Essence Magazine. Boom. Boom. You know, he flipped it on us. For your ass. (laughs) (laughs) So now he's taking his efforts um, a little step further. And he actually bought Madam C.J. Walker's 34 room mansion, Villa Luaro in Irvington, New York. Oh, wow. Let's start. You know, I just remember as a kid, I used to have all these like uh, black facts, like games and books and stuff. And mm-hmm. then one of Madam I've C- been looking for one. Yeah. For, it was, for um, yeah. For, um, for, you, for, you, for your boy. For my boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for the boy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's good for kids to know these, this information. But, you know, I had a book on Madam C.J. Walk, and I used to read this book all the time. I used to just look at her and how stately she looked, and she was driving in her Model mm-hmm. T car. And, she, you know, she was the first black uh, African-American uh, millionaire. Millionaire, yep. Yeah, yeah. So, and the, the, the house that she, the mansion that she um, that she had built was actually designed by a black architect called Bertner Woodson Tandy. And it was. Um, oh, I've seen that name in Harlem. Is it? Yeah, it actually was used as a meeting place for the Harlem Renaissance, for the artists and stuff to come and, and convene and all that stuff. So, yeah. um, Richie Lewis, he's bought this mansion and he's actually using it as a hub for um, Black women entrepreneurs. Oh, amen. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, it's going to be like a training center for. Um, you know, for these women. And last year he actually launched a, um, a nonprofit called new funds, new voices fund. And it's seeding it with a hundred million dollars to support black entrepreneurs through black women, entrepreneurs through training and mentorship and networking. So he's going to use that mansion as a hub for that, which I think is amazing. Amazing. I, and I love him because anytime you see him, he got on his, um, his North face. (laughs) 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 Just, I just, I, so, some about that I love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, that's, that's definitely, that's great yeah. news. Yeah. And he's quoted as saying, you know, this story means so much to many. And I felt it wasn't right that most relevant and cultural icons of beauty and um, beauty businesses, the representation of what beauty means to our community was not represented in some of the ways like Estee Lauder and Coco Chanel. And we actually have this legend here, Madam C.J. Walker, and we need to, you know, take pride in, in the heritage of this. Take take ownership of the heritage and you know pass along absolutely to, uh, you know to our kids to our generation. So I think this is is so awesome. I love it absolutely, and I love his story. You know, mm-hmm. I think um, his mother came from Sierra Leone, and mm-hmm. they started making soaps in like the tub in the house. Yeah, his mother's recipe, yep, and he made it yep. into this, um, this amazing company, and just keeps. It's like he just keeps, uh, you know, just doubling up everything that he's doing. You know, yep. He's just, you know, he's doing great things out here. So and I wanted to show him Very out. inspirational. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Okay. All right. I love it. I love it. I love this too. Oh, go ahead, girl. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so it is time for the weekend. <laughs> Thank you. As Cardi B said, I just miss it. <laughs> Like it's so thick and it's just so heavy and it's so black. <laughs> <laughs> so I get it. I know. I know. All right. So here we go. Mm-hmm. So this came in uh, from one of our listeners. 
Uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and read it. So I've been knowing one of my best friends since we were freshmen in college. We've shared so many memories. We've been a support system to each other through tough times. We vacation together, we spend holidays together. We're practically family. Now this best friend happens to be a gay man mm -hmm. and, I'm a, and I'm a woman. Uh, several years ago, I froze my eggs because I was single and on the dating scene and I hadn't met anyone that I wanted to get serious with. And I didn't want to miss my opportunity to become a mom. And so after the procedure, I told him about it and he offered his sperm and said that we could raise the baby together. So we agreed to revisit the idea in a few years when we're both uh, you know, ready for that. Uh, now a few years is now and things have changed a bit. I'm in the beginning stages of a new relationship and I really want to explore it more. However, my BFF now wants to pursue having this baby together. I'm not really sure uh, what to do. Um, I don't know how serious this new relationship will get, um, but I do want a baby. Uh, I'm getting up in age and I need to make a decision soon. I'm gonna be 39 years old this year. Um, I need, what should I do? Mm. So. I mean, I, you know, why do I feel like this is, this is so cut and dry? Is it, is it, maybe it's me. Yeah, I just feel like it's, it's no, to me, like it's a no brainer. If you are, pursuing this it's a new relationship have the conversation and mm -hmm. if if that's a, you know the direction that he wants to go which is build you know build his family then that's what you do i just i don't understand the whole best friend thing like that's like that's last resort she has somebody on the horizon correct well yeah i, I get i understand that point too but i think it was a you know it was a sense that they had she talked about it with her best friend and they kind of you know, they kind of committed to it, to doing it in a few years. So I think, you know, his, he was kind of set on that. And, um, you know, and, and I think there are a lot of people that do freeze their eggs and some, some of them get it inseminated by sperm from other donors, um, anonymous donors. But I think that, um, you know, and, and that's something that the, the best friend can do. But I think that the whole thing with him is that he wants to have a baby, you know, with her, with, with, a, with family, you know what I mean? So, um, so yeah, so I I think it's it can it can be cut and dry, but I understand. I guess she just she just doesn't doesn't want to leave him high and dry because they talked about it and they were you know it's pretty serious talk. But that was like a last resort thing to me. Like it wasn't you know this is what we're gonna do. He's gay, so yeah, they want to go half on a baby, but mm -hmm. I don't. But she has somebody on the horizon. Haven't you ever made ever made like a pact with somebody? Like oh, I remember I had a you know my homeboy like okay well if we're 26 after we get out of college and you know we're single let's 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 do it let's but i mean you you ha if she has someone i just feel like even though he's new have mm -hmm. that conversation you know being very upfront with if this is the di direction you think you want to go I, I don't i don't i'm just not i'm not convinced no disrespect to the homeboy that's gay but i'm just like if you have someone that you could maybe possibly marry or you know be in a committed relationship with mm -hmm. and have a baby isn't that what you want yeah I, I understand I, and that's a valid point too and I, I think I think her issue is is that um, she just I guess she feels as if she, if she goes with this new relationship she will abandon her, her BFF maybe. I don't know, because she said they agreed to revisit the idea in a few years. So a few years is now. She got somebody new. So everybody need a little conversation. Like, look, I done met somebody. She got to talk to the guy she's met. Like, you know, 
do you want a family? Is this, you know, is this what you want? Otherwise, then she's got to make some decisions. Mm -hmm. But then once you do that, I mean, I mean, thank you, homeboy. But I don't, <laughs> I might not need to know no, no more. <laughs> no more. <again. laughs> I don't need to know this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, know, you definitely you, you do have a point so um so yeah I, you know like you said i think she should you know talk to this new guy to see exactly where his head is at if he wants to have kids if he wants to settle down if he wants to say yeah because she over here she said she go to on vacations with her gay best friend i get it yo 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 what do you call it? your goy your boyfriend your gay best friend like you're doing that because eventually you want to be with somebody that's it, committed to you, you know you want to but in the meantime, in between time, isn't that you're gonna have the best life ever with your gay best friend? But mm -hmm. not, I don't, you know, I don't understand the other part. Mm -hmm. I just, especially if she has somebody, you know, in the in the bird's eye view. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, girl, you better. Okay. I mean, I just, I felt like there was no... I think we both can agree to talk to the new guy to see exactly where his head is at in terms of moving forward and then kind of make your decision based off that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Easy peasy. All right. I didn't hear no dick in that, though, at all. <laughs> I just want to let everybody know. She's in a new relationship. She's getting dicked down, of course. We don't even know, because she over here questioning whether she should go and have the baby with the with the gay best friend. I don't know. I don't okay. All right. There's there's actually, I, you know, there's actually two dicks in this. I just want you to know there's and they not neither one of them. <laughs> I haven't I haven't felt like any action coming from neither one of them. <laughs> no holes have been violated here. <laughs> she hasn't been destroyed. <laughs> I this I wait for this and then Okay. But you know, we, we respect all our listeners. Thank you for um thank you for participating. Um hope we gave you the best advice. Girl. Girl. All right. All right. Go ahead with your When wait, when you when you expect a big black one and <laughs> a little pink limp one comes no. through. <laughs> That's how I feel right now. <laughs> I thought he was gonna be flying from the chandeliers. Nope. Not this week. Nope. Okay, all right. Okay, moving on. All right. So this week is my reminisce. So I want to bring y'all back to 1997, y'all. That was when Missy Elliott dropped the rain on Super Duper Fly. Do y'all remember that? So Yep, let me just paint a picture for you because you know I like to paint the picture. So, first of all, she had hair like my Aunt Barbara. May she rest in peace. <laughs> Wearing Air Max Ones, Air Maxes, and jerseys. So that was like a different little look, at, you know, at the time. But it became really popular amongst, you know, our, our girls. Our girls that, you know, dressing like boys, a little tomboyish. Mm -hmm. So, you know, her intro, she had Timbaland. And that kind of introduced us to the Timbaland sound. We can all agree. Timbaland to me has is what one of the best producers out. He has always been in his own lane. Um, his music to me is like a like from another dimension. And even though he was like sampling a lot of stuff, he had like the original drums and you know it, his game was just on another level. So if you remember the video, this is the video where Missy Elliott wore the, the big black garbage bag. <laughs> 
This is the Hype Williams video, very over the top. It was like a movie, very futuristic. Um, SWV was in it, Yo Yo was in it, Lil Kim, Total, 702, The Brat, Lil C's, and Diddy all up in the videos. And this was the line, her famous line, you remember, beep, beep. Who got the keys to the Jeep? And we know that that line was copied by Beanie Man and like a host of others. So we have to pay homage to Missy Elliott because that song is what 21 years old. And yep, that's a whole, that's a whole adult. And a whole adult then came out. Uh, really respect about Missy Elliott is that you know she. I'm gonna put this in quotation marks. Air quote. Air quotes. Like she wasn't a traditional look of a star, but she worked it. She made it exactly. She made it. And she, I respect her. I, I have so much respect for her. What'd you say? So she's like a living legend. Mm-hmm. I remember one time I saw her at a gas station. I think that was in Jersey. Mm-hmm. And she had a, a a booger green Lamborghini, and you know, like if you don't know how to work the doors mm-hmm. on a Lambo. Your ass is stuck, and I swear somebody had to come and help her out the out the car. <laughs> that would be me. I would not. <laughs> Ooh, she had to roll onto the onto the ground, which is finally open the door. <laughs> I just remember that. Oh. Yeah. So shout out to Missy Elliott, super duper. I can't stand the rain. Yeah. All right. That was the shit. All right. Moving on. Where we at? Do I have to support black businesses as well? Yes, ma'am. Okay. All right. So this is a segment of the show where we highlight a black business. We believe in growing our economy and strengthening our communities. And we desire to build awareness for products made FUBU for us by us. So this week, I want to spotlight Bombed Aesthetics. It's a vegan skincare line. It was actually started by a father who did it for his daughter because her skin was very sensitive. So if you, you, you got to like look online because first of all, their products are very, very inexpensive, which is, which is great because nothing to me is over like $10. Um, So www.lovebomb.com. That's L-O-V-E-B-O-M-B-D.com. Check them out. All right. All right. And I'm doing the closing y'all. So (laughs) We've come to the end. Hmm. Y'all be all right, though. All right. You can subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast. We're in the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Stitcher, CastPod, TuneIn, Spotify. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's what I say. Three is our Twitter. We own the Twitter. And visit That's What I'm Saying, podcast.com to learn more. Send us questions and comments. And, of course, now, who do we always shout out? Always, always shout out our super producer Vegas World Inc. You can check him. You can check him out on Instagram. Check him out on Twitter. He also has a hip hop podcast called Hip Hop Now. Hey, for listening, subscribing, and liking us on social media. Until next week, take care, y'all.